Okay, time for another episode of the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be going over a question that was sent to me to uh, address on a podcast. Now, if you have any questions that you feel like you would need a different perspective on, you can absolutely send me these questions. I'll look at them, and uh, and if I feel they're uh, you know they're they have the potential to give some good information to some listeners out there, I will definitely make it part of the podcast. I've already done this with uh, practically every episode that I've put out so far. So I'm going to read the question and then I'm going to answer it. This is kind of an off-the-cuff uh, episode. I'm not, uh, I haven't prepared this ahead of time. I'm just going to answer it as though I was talking to the person that submitted the question. So thank you for the question. The question is, in general, uh, specifically asking in relation to temperament testing puppies. A client of mine was picking between a puppy with very high toy drive and one who showed little interest. And I was thinking how it might be harder to have a dog with high prey drive slash toy drive that you don't want them to have versus having a dog with low prey drive that you like to encourage to be able to be more drive. Does that make sense? So something along the line. So what I'm getting out of this is a client um so a client of the uh of the uh the person submitting the, the question is basically saying it's basically in this predicament. They're looking at two puppies, I assume it's from the same litter. I, I, I don't know a whole lot of information about the litter or the puppies. I don't know if they're working dogs, the rescue dogs. I'm not sure. I didn't get the details. But I can make this broad enough and general enough that I think we can get some good information out there. So the predicament is the client is looking at two puppies. Now, this is a client, so let's make that distinction. A client of a dog trainer is very likely not a dog trainer. Sometimes it does happen. Um, I do have clients, or quote unquote clients, I do have clients that I, that I work with specifically for sport work that are dog trainers. So in some instances that does happen. And then I know people too who have clients who are dog trainers. Uh, but in general, clients typically are not dog trainers. And I'm going to guess, I'm going to make the assumption, and also just to keep it simple, let's just assume that this client is not a dog trainer, okay? So the client is not a dog trainer, and the client is in this predicament. They're looking at two puppies, probably from the same litter. Again, to simplify, let's just assume that that's the case. Two puppies probably from the same litter. One has more toy drive. The other one doesn't have as much toy drive. Uh, it seems like the client is maybe leaning towards the toy drive um, puppy and not so much towards the no prey drive puppy. And the trainer is looking at it as, you know, I feel like maybe it would be a good idea to you know for the for the client to get the the puppy with less drive so 
you know how how much how how much more difficult basically it is to manage when you have a puppy that has prey drive and now you have to contain it right and a puppy who doesn't have a whole lot of prey drive prey drive slash toy drive that uh you know if you do want the drive you can kind of uh, foster it and encourage it and build it so if it is a client that again just to just for simplicity's sake let's just let's just say this is my client okay and um again rachel thank you for submitting the question it's it's awesome uh thank you for this episode so if i have a client that that tells me hey i'm looking at at a at a dog um at getting a dog i have these two choices i have one that already has some prey drive some toy drive and one that doesn't have toy drive which one do you think i should get well i would assess the client assess their lifestyle and give them a pretty good picture as to what a toy driven dog prey driven dog brings to the table and brings to their lifestyle so if i notice that their lifestyle probably won't match the prey driven toy driven puppy then maybe i will lean and i will try to encourage them to get the puppy with less toy drive okay and the reason for that is if i have a uh, if i have a if i have a uh, a client that gets a very toy driven dog and the client doesn't have the maybe the time or the patience to deal with that this can be a hassle because when you have a puppy that already ha- is already showing you a puppy okay and the the word puppy is also kind of broad cuz everybody calls puppies you know it's such a broad term you know, I know people that call their nine-month-old dogs or ten-month-old dogs puppies, and they're ten months of age. These are not puppies anymore. They're they're not in that category of puppies. So puppies, you're thinking more like between seven weeks to about twelve weeks of age. Um, that that is what I think of when I think of a puppy puppy. So if a puppy at that age and that window is showing a lot of prey drive. This is telling you that this is gonna this is a very strong genetic or temperament trait in that dog. Okay? So if they're showing that at a very young age, you know that's only gonna get stronger, that's only going to get um more difficult to manage. Now don't get me wrong, I like a prey driven puppy. I I like to see them at five, six weeks of age just snapping and just chasing things. Because I want that type of dog, especially if I'm going to make it a demo dog or if it's going to be a competition dog, I want that. But I know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm getting into. But this might not be the type of dog I want for a client, depending on the lifestyle that they have. So if I'm looking at at this type of dog at a a young age, is already showing that, I'm going to let that client know, hey, listen, you know, you you're seeing this already at this age this is not going to get slower <laughs> and this puppy is going to get bigger so 
I'm not gonna tell you just flat out don't get it. I'm really just going to prepare you for what that potential is gonna look like, you know, 10 months from now, okay, without training. And even with training, the prey drive is not gonna go away. You know, even with training, you're gonna have to learn to channel that. You're gonna have to learn to work with the drive, not against it, okay? So, but I'm, what I mean by not against it is people who don't know, even dog trainers who don't know how to handle toy-driven dogs or prey-driven dogs, they just try to beat the prey drive out of the dog and they're constantly battling against the prey drive and the prey drive always will, you know, it always wins or it just gets temporarily repressed, but it rears, it, it rears its head from time to time. So I don't want to do that. I want to work with the drive, with the prey drive. So basically, I'm going to let that dog know, hey, uh, let's use your prey drive. Let's have you chase things when this and this happens. Okay, so rather than telling that dog, don't chase anything, don't look at anything, don't bite anything. I mean, if the dog is born with those strong tendencies, it's just how it's just who who he or what it is. It's just the type of animal that it is. So I'm not gonna tell it don't be that. I'm gonna tell it be that, but let's do it in a manner that makes sense. It's fair, and in a manner that it satisfies your need to be prey driven, uh, but also in a way that that it doesn't make you a, a hassle to you, to your owner, or to the people around. Okay, so that's the difference between working with the drive and working against the drive. So I, I would make that, that very clear to that person. Okay, so if, uh, if I foresee that maybe this is not, if this is not a, um, um, if this is maybe not, not the dog that I foresee would do well with this type of person, then what I would do is I would maybe encourage the person that, you know, maybe you should get the dog that is not showing a lot of prey drive right now, okay? Just because the puppy is not showing it doesn't mean they don't have it. I've seen plenty of puppies that are very young age. They either, you know, by that I mean seven, eight weeks of age, even 10 weeks of age, they're not really chasing a whole lot, but as they get older, as they, as they mature, then the prey drive starts to come out. So sometimes it definitely is there, it's just not apparent. So I would try to let this person know, you know, just because you don't see that fun playfulness that looks really adorable in a puppy and looks cool, looks really nice. And, you know, you, maybe you're looking at this puppy and you're thinking, man, this puppy looks kind of boring, you know. I don't I don't foresee myself playing fetch with this puppy nothing um, if if I force if I see that this person if I'm able to assess that this is this the prey driven dog is not the right type of dog for this person I will definitely try to encourage them to get the other one because I will let them know you know the just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean it's not there okay and it's easier to create the spark from a pet person's perspective, it's easier to create the spark than it is to contain the fire, okay? So for a pet person, 
I would want to give them the dog that they have to create the spark, okay? So not a whole lot of crazy drive, but then they, they, they work at it and they develop it. And the, the, the dog on its own will develop it as it matures. And now you have a dog that is playing ball, chasing ball. I've seen plenty of dogs. I've even seen adult dogs that would not chase a ball, nothing, through patience and training from the owner or the trainer, the dog eventually learns that it's fun to chase a ball. So then it's much more much more enjoyable than giving them this puppy with a lot of fire and now telling them, hey, good luck. Now you just have to make sure that you contain it. It's kind of hard to do that from a pet, pet owner's perspective, from a pet person's perspective. Now, if, if you're a competitor, if you're a trainer, and you're very experienced with driven dogs, you kind of want the opposite. You want the fire because then it's easier to contain the fire because of your experience than it is to create that spark. But your level of experience as a trainer varies from trainer to trainer, but it also it's a huge, huge difference between the trainer and just the pet owner who who is coming to a trainer in the first place for advice so this definitely tells you this person should probably be very careful and should really consider maybe not getting that crazy crazy prey driven dog okay so i kind of scrolled up a little bit and i'm looking at the question here hey will i was thinking about uh if it's harder to teach prey drive in a dog that doesn't have any or if it's hard to try to limit it, limit it if the if the dog has drive, who's extremely prey driven, it is definitely going to be easier to uh, from a pet person's perspective, and especially working with a dog trainer, it's going to be, and depending on the type of dog you have, it's going to be easier to try to spark that fire, and really long term more enjoyable. Okay, usually the the type of problems an average pet owner has is not you know the, the reason that they come to a dog trainer is not to say hey dog trainer can you help me my dog has no drive i want him to start chasing things it's usually the other way around the, the reason the pet owner will come to you will be because man trainer please help me my dog is chasing everything so i would say um, depending on the dog, depending on your situation and the, and the skill level of this person, I would say it'll be easier to create that drive. Now, especially if we're looking at, at two puppies, this is kind of hypothetical. I'm kind of I'm kind of you know filling in the blanks based on this question. That you know these two puppies are probably from the same litter, so if one of them has a lot of prey drive and the other one doesn't, something tells me that that this litter probably has that genetic envelope of, you know, has it in, in its genetic envelope that, that, the, uh, that the prey drive is probably there. Unless, you know, unless the prey driven puppy is the anomaly. Okay, so if, if it, this litter is a litter of working dogs and this one puppy, and it's between these two puppies now, and this one puppy has a lot of prey drive and the other one doesn't, something tells me that the one that doesn't, it's just not showing it now. It probably will show it 
as it gets a little bit older, as it matures. So I would definitely suggest, encourage your client, if possible, to maybe go for the less prey-driven puppy. Okay, so let's see. So far I've concluded that working with a strong drive genetics might be the best result. Um, teaching incompatible behaviors instead, but not really, you know, killing that drive. Um, and absolutely correct. So if, if you're working with a dog that has crazy, crazy drive and now you're having you're having some issues, the client's having some issues, then you know, rather than just going, No, don't do that, we're gonna go hey, do this instead in compatible behaviors. That's differential reinforcement of incompatible behaviors. Do this instead, and then you can get to chase something. Okay, so that's what I was talking about a few moments ago, of the difference between you know, working against the drive and working with the drive. So incompatible behaviors, uh, Rachel, definitely be the way to go. But if, um, if I got your question right, and I hope I did, and I'm hoping that I'm giving you some good content here and that it is applicable to other people as well. If you have the choice for a pet owner or a person with not as much experience between getting that puppy with high, high prey drive and getting that puppy that maybe doesn't have a whole lot of prey drive, get the one that doesn't have a lot. That's going to be easier to deal with, easier to manage. And remember, if a puppy at a, at a, puppy age, and I mean from like 7 weeks to about 12, uh, 14 weeks of age roughly, if at that age they're showing a lot of prey drive, that's a, that's a sign that this is going to be a very prey driven dog, potentially a difficult dog, so keep that in mind too. Alright, so if you like the podcast, make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the, to the podcast. Uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And uh, do not get offended by my, my memes and my posts. My One of my recent posts just start a wildfire in the comment section. And every once in a while, it happens. It's just humor. It's just the little demons in my head. That's all it is. So don't get offended. But if you get offended, I really don't care. It's perfectly fine. It's the internet. You can unlike. You can keep scrolling. You can go somewhere else for a safe space. I'm perfectly okay with it. But if you do like the content, just stick around for the content. All right. I'll see you guys in the next episode.